0: Naraya is spending a night out in Lower Tavik's Landing in a district called Dragon Eyes, at a venue called Chance. Naraya, you've been uh, kind of scoping the place out, and you know that this place is known for covering all sorts of betting and gambling, from the mundane to the more exotic.
1: Mm, okay, I was checking out the the local color so to speak
0: right so chance is a relatively crowded venue what kind of game of chance do you think you would partake in cards all right so you are able to spot a table uh where they're playing three dragon ante okay a game that you are quite familiar with.
1: Quite familiar from playing with my uh, my friends.
0: And uh, there is an open seat available at the table.
1: Good, good. I'd like to see if I can buy in.
0: All right. how much do you put down?
1: Um, I feel like I would have known what the minimum buy-in would be if I've been getting the lay of the land. So, you know whatever the buy-in is. So, uh, you know, I don't know, five gold?
0: It'd be about ten gold 10 is the gold.
1: minimum. Ten gold, okay.
0: All right, so the your gold hits the table, it gets exchanged out for chips, and uh, they begin to deal out cards. And you check your hand, and you have some dragons of various colors, and you know how the game works, so you're able to put them together. Um, what skill would you like to use to determine how well you can play and strategize?
1: Um, well, I, th- I think that uh, for for a card game, you know, you're not necessarily playing the, the game. You're also playing your opponents. So... Um, um, it's it's gonna be a lot about uh, insight, deception, and um, I guess performance for your uh, for your bluffs and stuff like that. Sure. If so that makes sense.
0: Why don't you go ahead and, and roll those and let's see you kind of where we end up.
1: Okay, just uh, in that order. Sure. Okay, so deception would be first.
0: Keeping your face still as you look at your cards.
1: Right. So that's a mod 20.
0: Okay. Yeah. Your face is completely unreadable. It is a blank mask of expertise.
1: Would you say it's a p-p-p-poker face? I suppose I would. (laughs) I don't think you would. I would not. (laughs) One one might. One might. (laughs) Okay. Insight. Here we go. And this one is an 18.
0: Okay. And then your last one.
1: And performance, we have, oh, that one's bad,
0: uh, seven. Okay. Did you want to do deception instead of performance? Which is better for you?
1: Um, They're both the same modifier, but um, okay. my deception roll was like super high at the beginning oh that was your beginning one okay.
0: yeah all right so you know which cards to put together you don't react when you get your cards but as you push some of your chips forward you have a little bit of a tell
2: hmm okay
0: all right so i'm just gonna roll and see if anyone notices it at the table you're lucky it's a busy night. There's a lot going on in here. There's probably a fight off in a corner somewhere. You know, these things happen.
1: Yeah, I'd like to think that I would have spent the early part of the evening scoping it out, like you had said. Right. So it's a little later in the evening now. So people have some drinks in them. There's more lively stuff going
0: on. Et yeah. Okay. You hear a group yelling enthusiastically in a corner. <laughs>
2: <laughs> okay.
0: Um, and... Uh, yeah, you are, you're able to to go through without anyone really catching that little drop in your facade. And, um, you know, as the cards get laid out, you have a very strong hand. And, you know, this goes on for a while. Um, but overall, you're able to play in this way as you have practiced doing so with your friends. Mm-hmm. And um, you do collect some monies, some winnings.
1: Okay. Um, I, I'd like... I want to have fun. I'm not here to make money. I'm here to have a good time. So, uh, anytime I win a win a hand, I'm gonna buy a round for the table. Okay. I want to be a gracious uh, winner, not a gloating kind of butthole winner. <laughs> so that uh, you know so that everyone has fun and that they like me. You know, I'm not right. gonna push it to be a, a jerk about it. Right. We're, make we're, a charisma roll. We're all here to have fun. Or just straight up charisma? Okay. Yes, please. Alright, um, that's a mod 20.
0: Okay, so yeah, it goes over well. No one sees it as you trying to get people drunk to take their money or like being kind of a braggy douche or anything like that.
1: Yeah, they can get like a like, dragon aid or what, whatever <laughs> non-alcoholic if they want. You know, I don't care. Right. Or order whatever you want. <laughs>
0: So the game goes on for a while. You spend quite a bit of money, but you do end up making your money back that you put down at the start of the game.
1: Yeah, if you can break even, you know, you basically had a blast for free. Break even, including the money you spend on drinks and stuff. Right. So that's awesome.
0: All right. So time goes on. It starts to quiet down a bit. People start to go home, and you realize it's probably time for you to leave as well.
1: Yeah, I should be making it back to the old... um, domicile, I don't know, wherever I
0: live. So you still live at the university.
1: Okay. So am I like a TA or a RA or assistant, whatever? You're a researcher. Ah, okay.
0: Yes, Morgrave University has many researchers. It's what they're known for.
1: Okay. So I, I pour over tomes and spend time in stacks and things of that nature.
0: Yep. And occasionally there is call for... Uh, going outside of Sharn and doing some hands-on research because that's really one of the things the university is known for is like kind of getting in the paint, as it were.
1: Mm, Excellent.
0: All right. So you are heading back out of Lower Tavik's Landing. Um, And one of the things about Lower Tavik's Landing is um, it's known for its gambling halls and its inns, Um, But it's also known for its markets and its immigrant population. Mm -hmm. And so at this hour, it's relatively quiet. Um, But I would say that there's definitely, like you can see some folks getting ready for their day. So some people setting up stalls already or um, like bringing goods out. Um, You can see some businesses uh, especially those designed uh, around food and pastries are mm. starting. They're getting a start today. You've been at chance until what is really early morning, rather than late evening.
1: Yeah. Okay. I made an I made a night of it and gambled, played card up, played cards all night, which is not uncommon. Um, I do have a question about yes. um the refugees. Uh, this is primarily sirens. Yes. C-Y-R-A-N-S. And I don't have that on my race uh list.
0: So sirens aren't a race. Remember, Sire was a region, which is now called the Mournlands, because that is where the mourning took place. Gotcha. And okay. so um there are a lot of um shifters and changelings in this area. Um, as well as humans and elves and others who would live in the cities okay. of what was once Sire.
1: So they're, they're people from a given region, from Sire. Yes. Cool. Okay. My map is covered up by a lovely portrait of my friend. Okay. So. I can take a out No, no. It's now. okay. It's okay.
0: Well, you're not with them, so it's okay. Blue. So it's that white, sad, con- like, area of the continent right in the middle.
1: Or, so Sire used to be in the Mornland, and it is no more.
0: Right. Okay. Now most people just refer to it as the Mornlands.
1: Sure.
2: Okay.
0: Depending on how polite they are being. All right. All right. So, you are walking through one of the lower districts in really what's very late night or early morning. Um, how would you describe the way that you move through the city?
1: Oh, I um. <laughs> I kind of walk through it almost uh, in a distracted fashion because um, my feet kind of know the way, you know, to carry the sleigh, so to speak. So I don't even think about where I'm going. So kind of like you do – one might do on a uh, commute to work. You you sort of self-hypnotize sort of and barring anything – you know, jumping out at you or whatever, you sometimes find yourself like pulling into work like, oh, oh, I'm here, (laughs) you know. Right. You know, you remember paying attention and being safe and using your turn signals, et cetera, but you don't really think about getting there. right? And so I kind of walk along sort of, you know, like that because this city is my home and I've been here for many years and I know my way around it inside and
0: out. Yeah, for sure. All right. So you are walking through streets you have walked through many times before, even though it's a lower district and it's one of the rougher lower districts just because of the influx of new population. It's very crowded. A lot of people who aren't used to Sharn's laws and things like that. Um, You don't really worry about that. I mean, you're a city boy at this point. Um, It's not something that really bothers you. Um, And you know how to walk like you belong there.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that, that's the thing. I'm not wa- wandering around looking up at the buildings. I don't have like, you know, rich trappings and, you know, a heavy purse hanging off of my belt. None of that stuff. You know, I just, I feel like I really blend in. I, I look like a local because I am a local. So.
0: But as you're walking, something does catch your eye mm. and it causes you to look up in a way that you normally would not. There is a piece of fresh graffiti on one of the walls that you pass. I see. Um. It has a very stylized crown with a sword through it and scrawled beneath it are the words sire is dead and no place for mourners.
1: So it's a stylized crown with
0: what? A sword through it.
1: With a sword through it. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. Cool. Kind of making a little note of this here. Okay. And what does it say underneath it?
0: Uh, There's two lines. The first one says, sire is dead.
1: Sire is dead. Okay.
0: And the second says, no place for mourners.
1: No place for mourners. Oh, okay. (laughs) Okay. This is going to take a little getting used to the idea that, you know, mourn and all that in the morning and mourners and et cetera. Yeah. So. All okay. Right.
0: I'd like you to make a history check.
1: Let's check some history. All right. This is going to be pretty high. 22.
0: Okay. You immediately recognize, especially with the color scheme and the everything, Sire, their old sigil or flag, or whatever if you were. What is a gold crown on a green field? Mm -hmm. And so someone has obviously adapted this somewhat to show a a violence, a destruction of Sire by putting the sword through it. Okay. All right, so as you are looking at this, you notice doesn't require any role or anything. They're not exactly stealthy. Three humans kind of half leaning on each other. They look drunk. They're staggering a bit. Mm, And they round the corner and they see you looking at the graffiti. Mm -hmm. And they start to yell at you. Okay. They're like, you're one of them, ain't you? Taking up our homes and our jobs. You get out of here, you mourner. (laughs)
1: <laughs> i don't think that i'll respond at all i'll just move along
0: like if they want me to leave but all right cool i'm
1: out i'll
0: leave all right and so as you walk away um the one that's kind of in the middle of the trio is, don't you walk away from me <laughs>
1: <laughs> got it it's one of those kind of things now, i think i'd like to just note for the record if i may sure that when i go outside of uh you know, a, a gambling hall and stuff like just as a, a matter of habit, you know, I, I would put the hood up over my horns. Right. Um, when I'm out in
0: public. Right.
1: Just by default. It's yeah. Just and they probably
0: think that you are human or maybe an elf or something based on your build. Um, they have no reason to think that you're a tiefling at this point.
1: Okay. How well lit is this uh, street?
0: So, Sharn in general, in most of the district, does have um, magical lanterns that act as streetlights. And there are certainly some of those in this area, but maybe not as frequently along these streets as you would have in um, other districts. Mm -hmm. There are definitely a lot of dark alleys and side streets and things like that to get around the district that are not lit. Okay.
1: All right. So... I mean it's it's not super illuminated, but it's not like
0: a dark alley. Right, exactly. Okay. There are certainly dark alleys around, but you're not in one currently.
1: Okay. So word of radiance is a cantrip and I utter a divine word and burning radiance erupts from you each creature of your choice. That can see within range must succeed on a Constitution saving throw or take one d6 radiant damage, and it's three d6 radiant damage right now at eleventh level. Fun. So, uh, that's interesting. So, um, they, they've they've called out to me as I tried to leave. I've tried to disengage. Right. They told
0: you to get out of here, and then they told you not to walk away.
1: Right. So, right. I'm gonna like. I'd like to slow my pace a little bit. Like I've, I've noticed, I've heard you. I I know you're talking to me now. You know, I can't pretend. I mean, I could, but I'm not pretending that you're not not talking to me to do like, you know, and, um, I kind of hear, you know, conflicting, uh, advice and, and not necessarily, I don't know. It doesn't have to be voices in my head or whatever. Sure. But, um, Kind of like you think to yourself, you yeah. know, you have a, on the one hand, on the other hand, you know, so um, there's, there's the one hand that's, that's saying, you know, something like suffer not these fools, you should end them immediately, you know, and, and, and there's another one who's saying like, they know not what they do, spare their lives and move along. And, and so. I'm kind of mulling over what to do right. about these guys, and I think that uh, cooler heads will prevail in this in this instance. Where I would uh, you know decide to turn around and face my attackers, right. my my attackers, my um, antagonists, and uh, pull my hood back so it gathers on my shoulders. Right. And
0: uh, So as you do, if any ladies were in the area, they would <laughs> certainly swoon and change pantaloons. <laughs> however, your charisma is very high. Um, however, as you take down your hood um, and turn to address the trio, um, they, seeing your lovely curving goat-like horns, look at you and you're... You're a demon. You probably caused that morning to begin with. This is... (laughs) Let's get him. So... I need you to roll initiative.
1: Fantastic. Can I have a social reaction in that moment? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Nine.
0: All right. Lovely.
1: Oh, okay. Never mind. Never mind my social reaction thing. That was a dumb question.
0: All right. So... As we... uh, move into this kind of turn-based phase there's no fighting happening yet although it's getting quite tense Mm -hmm. um you are not the one that gets to respond first right you're still kind of taking down your cloak and they're immediately launching into this kind of they went from telling you to get out because you are a mourner to telling you not to walk away to deciding that you caused the mourning. And everything's all over the place. It looks like they're looking for a fight.
1: Yeah, these guys are just looking for trouble. And that, yeah. that, that became pretty obvious as soon as they were like, don't talk to me in that, you know, don't look at me in that tone of voice. Right. So like, oh, well, all right. We right. have to deal with this.
0: So the one in the middle who's been doing all the talking is still kind of yelling random things at you. And you see him pull out a scimitar, and a dagger. One in each hand.
2: Hmm. Okay.
0: And he is going to run towards you. All right. All right. So that leaves his friends to kind of react to his actions. Mm-hmm. Um, one of them you notice is wearing leather. You know, he seems to be kind of dressed to be ready for something to go down. And he... Also pulls out a scimitar. Okay. But nothing in his offhand and kind of makes a a loping run after his friend. Okay. And then the third, who is wearing kind of um, a more city-appropriate kind of robe-ish, like loose garment, Um, he takes out a dagger in one hand, but does not move forward. Okay. And instead you see that he begins to cast a spell.
1: Uh-huh. Okay.
0: All right. I'd like you to go ahead and roll Arcana to see if you recognize it.
1: Let's see if we recognize.
0: Cause he's definitely like waving spell. one of his hands and you can hear him slightly muttering under his breath.
1: I think it's a pretty good chance. 22.
0: All right. So you recognize from the gesture and some of the words that he's using that this is um, from the school of necromancy um, and it's likely designed to cause damage. Um, so let's see what happens. All right. Make a spell attack against you. All right, that's a twenty-one versus your AC.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I figured. Mean, come on now.
0: <laughs> All right, so he is going to inflict wounds upon you.
1: Inflict wounds.
0: That's eighteen necrotic damage.
1: All right. Hmm.
0: There we go. Cool.
1: I'm figuring out how this character sheet works. It's pretty cool. You can punch in a number in this little field and then click damage or heal, and it'll adjust your current hit points accordingly.
0: Yeah, it's um like once you figure it out, it's very useful, but it does have a little bit of a learning curve.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It's taken me yeah, a minute to, to check this out. It's pretty cool, though. All
0: right, so he casts the spell... Basically, a a dark bolt of energy flies towards you, and you can feel it crackle across your skin and kind of draw some of your life force out of you. Okay. All right. What would you like to do?
1: So, at the word demon in, in the guy's taunt, I kind of frowned, and my brow sort of darkened. But then my kinder nature was all set to prevail where I was perking up to smile and to respond with gentlemen, gentlemen, surely we can work this out between us, you know, with, with something nice. Right. was on the tip of my tongue. But then this dude hit me with, um, inflict wounds. And the, the darker voice in, in my head was sort of like, Like, you know, kind of, enraged and you just feel that that familiar cold feeling surging up from like the pit of your stomach and you know that you're going to respond um with force on force right um so what i'd like to know if these guys were standing you know abreast yes and now they're advancing towards me um the, the arrangement of these people that are, uh, you know, in respect to me, like if they're in a, a line, you know, all leading up to me, because I want to see if I can hit all of them with lightning bolt, because that's like a column 100 feet long and five feet wide.
0: I would say you could, uh, you have the potential of hitting all of them with that because of the way they're moving towards you.
1: Okay. So I need a, a bit of fur and a rod of amber crystal or glass. So, um, a crystal rod is something that I would probably, you know, I would, I would have, um, material components for all of my spells. Yeah. I think in like, you know, about my person as normal. I mean, I don't know. Right. Okay. And, uh, the verbal and somatic parts of that. So I, I would like to cast Lightning Bolt versus my, uh, my attackers because they're clearly responding with lethal intent once they've busted out their swords and knives and spells and what have you.
0: Okay. So what do you need to do to cast Lightning Bolt um, crunch-wise?
1: I suppose I don't do anything other than the components to cast it. And in the li- each creature in the line must make a dexterity saving throw. Okay. Or take 8d6 lightning damage, or half as much on a successful save. The lightning ignites flammable objects in the area that aren't being worn
0: or carried. And what's your DC?
1: My DC is 16.
0: Okay. So taking a slight sidestep to line up the spell as best you can, because you your goal is to hit all three of them. Yes. You kind of just look at them... In a disappointed fashion. Um, You pull the crystal, like the amber colored rod, out of one of your pouches and actually pluck a bit of fur off of the shoulder of your cloak that you're wearing. And you uh, begin to gesture and say the words that come to you that tell you that this is how we cast lightning.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. I and mean, it should be consistent so yeah, that'd be pretty cool anyway
0: shamma la ding dong <laughs> you <laughs> say who goes the dynamite <laughs> you ready for the good <laughs> um and lightning begins to erupt from your hands and shoots out forward in a straight line um hitting the first two but kind of losing a bit of strength as it gets to the third, um, kind of using most of its energy on the first. So for the first two gentlemen, Mm -hmm. what kind of damage would they take?
1: Uh, If they failed their dex save, they take 8d6 lightning damage.
0: You may roll your 8d6. Okay. Does the Mm -hmm. other one take half damage? Yeah, if they succeed, they take half. So the first two are going to take full, and the last one will take half. All right.
1: So right now I only have... Or D six.
0: You need more D sixes. Um,
1: I don't know. Let me let me check my bag of dice holding. Okay. Uh, yes, I do. How many do you need? Uh, I need three. Or, er, sorry, four. These are all the tens in here. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. I mean, you're level eleven, so yeah, you need a lot of dice.
1: Well, I feel like I'm playing a werewolf here.
0: Except it's D sixes. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so we've got two, four, eight, 11, uh,
2: plus
1: 12 is 23,
0: 28. All right, so the other one takes 14?
1: And uh, yeah, take half as much on a successful save.
0: All right, let me just see... What these guys can handle okay so the spell goes off much as you expect it to um a great charge of lightning um that strikes into them kind of halts them in their tracks momentarily as their muscles contract uncontrollably and um the the one that followed so the lead guy obviously he's singed um, part of his like decorative scarf that he's kind of wearing around his waist over his leather armor is has caught fire. It is a flame, mm. um, but he still seems pretty stout. The one who followed him, who is just holding the scimitar, is staggered and like you can see, kind of crisp layers of skin splitting away from the flesh beneath. It's going to leave a mark. He's not looking so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one in the back who casts the spell at you um, obviously this the lightning strike didn't hit him as squarely as it hit the others and so he seems I mean he staggered a bit but he's okay okay is there anything else that you'd like to do
1: Um, not really Really, I mean, that was my action. So I suppose I could um, move away from them a bit. If you want to. Probably.
0: You can also speak. You can do many things.
1: Probably for the best. I mean, you know, I don't know that I could necessarily make an intimidation check to try to get them to stand down. If, if, you know, because I don't know if that takes an action
0: or not. Typically it does. If you're trying to get it to do something.
1: Right. So, no, not really. I'll just increase the range.
0: All right. The man in the lead basically throws himself at you and begins making great um, slashing attacks with his sword and his dagger. And you see that he moves surprisingly quickly for being inebriated. Mm. Um, So he is making a slash back and forth with the sword and then getting a quick jab in with the dagger. He's able to attack multiple times.
1: Mm, Jack, there are tricks back, back, slash, and forth. Okay.
0: All right, so he is going to do that. Let's see, he gets three attacks. All right. the first one is, is your armor a 10? Yes. Okay. So two of the attacks are going to hit you. Okay. All right, so the first does eight slashing damage as the Simtar, not on the first strike, but coming back across you because you weren't expecting him to turn it so quickly. Um catches you mm-hmm. and slices through your clothing basically wow. that you're wearing
1: right because yeah
0: um and then the other one that you weren't expecting is that offhand with the dagger and so that one does seven piercing damage okay and he kind of laughs in your face and as he does like spit flies onto you and stuff like that he's a little it's a little bonkers right now.
1: Hmm. Wow, I'm I'm being assaulted.
0: You truly are. In the streets. You are.
1: And there's fires, um, kind of all about because that lightning there's, bolt would have lit anything in its path.
0: Right. You're on a street. So there aren't a lot of inimitable. things in the street. But there were like little like papers and stuff on the ground which have caught and I think maybe like one kind of crate that was like a little bit away from one of the walls has ignited. So it certainly probably will attract some attention in the coming minutes.
1: So for the most part, it's stone though. Yes. Okay.
0: All right. The one who followed him originally and who kind of took the worst of the lightning attack that you Mm did, um, you can see him become very introspective for a moment. And he has enough sense to sheathe his scimitar before turning and running away.
1: Okay. Which which one was this
0: guy? He was... Um, robe guy. Yeah. Oh. No, that one. That one's oh, robe. this one.
1: He was leather armor guy.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he's the one who ran after the leader and drew a scimitar.
1: Gotcha. He took the full brunt. Right. And got crisped. Yeah. And was like, I'm out.
0: Yeah, so he's kind of like staggering away. He's like dragging one foot a bit as he does. Um, He's not yelling or anything to attract attention. He's just kind of getting out of the area. Okay. Or at least trying to.
2: Sure. Okay.
0: All right. The the man in the robe, he begins once again to, appears to cast a spell. Hmm. Is this another one you want to try to identify? Yes. All right. You may.
1: This one didn't go so well. Eight.
0: All right. Um, This one's not super familiar to you. It's kind of outside what you've dealt with as a sorcerer and outside of what you've even learned about, although magic isn't one of the things you really focus on in your studies. Right. Um, But the intent of the spell becomes clear as a floating ghostly dagger manifests near you.
1: Alright. Hmm. I have a feeling I know what the dagger is gonna do.
0: <laughs> and the ghostly dagger slashes out at you for five piercing damage. I was right. <laughs> Alright, what would you like to do?
1: Okay. Um, the two guys that are left. Yes. Are are they? Well, what's the disposition of these guys? Are they like within thirty feet of me? Are they how how far away are they?
0: One of them's within melee range of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the other I would say is probably thirty feet back from that. Okay. The third who ran is probably sixty feet away from you at this point.
1: Cool. Um. Sounds awesome. (laughs) All right. So I'm getting beat up. This guy is like basically, um, you know, hacking and lashing and stabbing at me. Yes. And the other guy conjured a dagger and um, stabbed me with it. Um, And in in spite of all of that, um, I smile and kind of (laughs) – Like just laugh in his face as, as he spat upon my person. And, uh, I would like to cast scatter with the, uh, intention of teleporting the two, uh, the two gentlemen that are within range, which is 30 feet. Right. Directly in front of their fleeing companion. Um, so with, with, the intent that he would run into them as they materialize in front of him, and, you know, and chaos would ensue. Okay. So talk me through it. Scatter takes one action. It has a range of 30 feet. Uh, it just has a verbal component and, um, basically, uh, up to five creatures of my choice that I can see within that range. Uh, must succeed on a wisdom saving throw to resist it. And if they fail, I teleport each affected target to an unoccupied space that I can see within 120 feet of okay. myself. And it has to be on the ground or on a floor or similar. I can't, like, teleport them off a cliff or in the middle of a lake or whatever. So they do wisdom saves? Yes.
0: Okay. And you're just targeting the two that are not running right now?
1: Right. Um, The guy that's running is out of range. Okay. So I can teleport anybody within 30 feet up to 120 feet away.
0: You can feel your magic take hold of the one that's right in front of you. He seems to be taking most of your attention and concentration to deal with at this point. All right. So what would you like to do with him?
1: Teleport him directly in front of his fleeing uh, erstwhile companion, with the with the intention, uh, you know, the intended outcome right. being that his friend will rub, barrel into him headlong.
0: Okay. So there is there is a crackle of energy as the man in front of you kind of out of existence and reappears. um in front of his friend 60 feet away who immediately starts to windmill his arms in reaction and stumbles over him in his injured state. He's not able to react as deftly as he might normally. And they go rolling over each other down the street.
1: (laughs) That would, that would be Naraya laughing at his clever prank. (laughs) What about the other guy?
0: No, it, He's not affected by the spell.
1: He's not affected at all. Ooh, okay. Let me burn a spell slot.
0: Well, because like if he makes his save, nothing happens, right? Right, yeah. Yeah.
1: Yeah, there's no secondary effect or anything like that.
0: All right. The crate has really started to take at this point. All right, that was a full action, right? Yes. All right, so... The leader who you teleported, who is now tangled up with his friend, is doing his best to push the man off and try to stand. Um, the other one, the robid caster figure, um, begins once again to cast a spell. Although the motions of this one are a bit different. Um, did you want to try to identify it? Yes. Yes.
1: All right, uh, this one is 12.
0: You can identify that it is an abjuration spell, um, likely defensive in nature. Okay. And he kind of takes a step back, turning himself slightly so that he can keep an eye on you while seeing what's happening with his friends. Mm-hmm. What would you like to do?
2: Um,
1: let's see here. I'm not at fifty percent yet. I think I'll be okay. So they're they're all still in a uh, in a in a line from me within yep, hundred feet. Yeah, functionally, yes. Okay, because for now I'm liking this lightning bolt uh, <laughs> spell sure. for this application, and um, I'd like to cast it at a uh, fifth level. Okay. So that's going to be ten d six. So, if I could borrow a couple more d6s.
0: Do you want them to roll first? They're safe? Uh, yeah. Okay. Go ahead and roll your damage. All right. And um, how many do you need?
1: Two, please. Here you go. Thank you. Whoops. Okay. Five, eight, ten. 16, 22, 24, 28, 31.
0: Well then, the poor fleeing man.
1: <laughs> I mean, you hang with the company you keep, sir.
0: <laughs> what cloth he has around him as far as, like, I mean, even if you're wearing leather you're not wearing, like, all leather all the time. Right, You're not yeah. Lorenzo Lamas. <laughs> yeah. um, even he wore jeans occasionally. <laughs> so... <laughs> did, did I hurt you? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> <Just>. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. <laughs> renegade. Let's just, like, edit that into here at this point. That would be helpful.
1: Okay. A Renegade. <laughs>
0: All right. So, you know, he has components of his attire that are cloth and he has, you know, items in his bags and things like that. And they seem to just spontaneously combust and the leather begins to curl and crack and his hair is a light greasy, especially as it is. Oh, goodness. Um and he just falls screaming to the ground all right the caster the one who had taken kind of a side angle to you is actually closest to you at this point and he also takes an unfortunate um extent of the spell um for him less so for you i suppose And his robes just go up in a fury um, and he like movie style kind of just windmills into the closest wall and is kind of rolling around um, and soon stops moving. All right. Uh, How much was the damage again? 31. Okay. Let me see how this guy gets through it if he does.
1: That it wasn't a stellar damage roll out of a potential 60. You know, it was over 50% though, so that's not bad.
0: The leader, however, who is kind of in the process of um, like pushing his friend off of him so he could stand. What he functionally did was push his friend in front of him so that he could stand up. And so he seems to take much less of the brunt of the spell.
1: That's what friends are for.
0: And now, enraged by you zipping and zopping him around and potentially murdering and or at least rendering unconscious his friends mm-hmm. um, he kind of like looks down at his hands like pats his cloth belt out which was still smoldering quite a bit and like fixes the grip he has on his blades as he begins to run towards you
1: okay he's 60 feet away
0: at this point right okay what would you like to do? <laughs> All
1: right. <laughs> I'm glad you asked. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay. Do I need an action for to attempt a nature check to see how, how hurt this guy is?
0: No, I'd let you do that through observation. You could do medicine if you have that.
1: No, they're the or, same. Okay. Nature and medicine are both the same. I just want to see... How close this guy is. All right, that's only a five though.
0: Yeah, he's obviously hurt, but he doesn't seem incredibly impacted by that at this point.
1: Okay. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, let's see.
2: Ooh. Okay.
1: Well (laughs) as this guy is charging uh towards me, um I would like to cast um Toll the Dead. Okay. can uh, cantrip. And um, because he's missing some hit points. Yes. Um, if he uh, fails a wisdom save, he's going to take uh, 3d12 necrotic damage.
0: And your DC again? 16. All right. Go ahead and roll your damage.
1: Man, I need to find d12s. I don't swing a lot of great axes either, so...
0: Do you need some?
1: Uh, no, I'm good. Okay. Just make sure these are all D12s. They have the pentagons for yep. the faces. Yep. Okay. Well, that is a good roll. <laughs> all right. Uh, 16 plus 8, 24. And, you know, if if there's room for any flavor on that here you can make a kind of a joke on this here where you can kind of gesture towards the guy and advise him not to ask for whom the bell tolls my friend and and gesture at him as the dolorous bell fills the air around um around us right bong
0: nice <laughs> So would you have yours be, I mean, the flavor of your spells, it would be audible to everyone? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely.
0: So a haunting echoing like ring of a deep like iron bell um, or gong sort of sound kind of echoes between the buildings of the street. And if the fires hadn't caused attention to be called at this point the bell certainly should
1: <laughs> yes it should because I don't know that there's a bell tower in the area and
0: he is running at you full speed with his scimitar and his dagger out- mm-hmm. and then kind of as the vibrations of the sound of this bell hit him what most people would see is he just kind of almost stops short and his like blades go flying out of his hands and he falls to the ground mmm but what you can see is a little bit different and what you see is um these dark kind of smoke like hands reaching up out of the ground as the bell sounds and grasping onto him and kind of pulling him down mm, okay but, but they cannot pull him through the physical nature of the of the street
1: no but they try to drag him to hell
0: they do Hmm. Um, But all three of them are now unmoving. So I would like to go ahead and give you 1,350 experience points.
1: 1,350 XP. All right, let's find out where we put this on this uh, character sheet.
0: I think if you click on your portrait, there's a manage XP option.
1: Let's see. There's a, yeah. Yeah. It's funny because they write it out as manage experience, and oh, so I'm yeah. like, "What? What's that? What is this full <laughs> word?" Right. Uh, so you said one thousand something or other. Three
0: hundred
1: and fifty. One
0: thousand three hundred and fifty. All right. All right. What would you like to do?
1: Um. So. At this point, um, I'd like to try to um make an intimidation. uh, I'd like to try to intimidate these attackers in, in the form of advising them not to, not to follow me. Just stay down. If, if you're alive, great. If you're like, whatever their situation is, but don't, uh, don't come after me. It's not going to go like well for you.
0: You're not sure if they can hear you at all or not. Um, Smoke rising from some of them and, the other one just like kind of laying face down on the ground.
1: Hmm. So there's smoke rising from one of them. The other guy in the robes is laying face down. and no, There
0: are two with smoke rising out of them. They both died on the lightning strike. <laughs> okay. There's two of them <laughs> with
1: just smoky like corpses, but I don't know that they're, they're You don't know that they're bodies. dead, dead. Right. Okay. Because they're the technically is,
0: not at this point. Got it.
1: Okay. Well, it's not my intention to coup de grace them. Right. You know, I'll just stand like, confident with my wounds like bleeding and just sort of being ignored at this point right you know and I wouldn't tell them something like um smarter men would have been running much earlier if you follow me I assure you I will not be so lenient okay and then um not even waiting for any kind of response or reaction. I'll kind of, um, throw my cloak around me and throw the hood up and stride off in my original direction.
0: All right. Um, I would like you to roll perception, please.
1: Perception. All right. Um, that is 14.
0: You can hear in the distance. Not too far, um, but far enough that you have a little bit of time to decide what to do. The unmistakable sound of metal clad feet um moving in unison, a sound you would associate with city watch. Mm. What would you like to do?
1: uh oh, the city watch. Okay. Uh <laughs> I'm not much for stealthing or hiding or whatever, but if there are any like um, dark alleys or similar to duck into. There certainly are. So I'd like to avoid any kind of uh, city watch entanglements. Sure. So
0: go uh, ahead and roll your stealth with advantage since no one's on the scene yet. They're not expecting to find you there.
1: Got it. Here we go.
0: All right, cool, 17. All right, so you move slightly away from the scene and into an alley. Mm -hmm. Um, And as you back into it, you can hear the guards, the city watch guards arrive at the location um, and go to like checking on the men um, and hear one of them in the distance say, oi, ah, He's hurt, but I think he's still alive. If We can get him back. And one of the others says, ah, this one too. And then a third says, this lot again. They're always getting to this type of trouble. When will they ever learn? Well, let's heal him up and throw him in holding for the night.
1: Okay. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I can uh, resist the urge to kind of... <laughs> 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 like kind of a, a gloating sort of thing because if, if there are like you know balanced scales inside of me you know there there's the dark scale and, and the light scale and just in in the wake of these events the dark scale is just kind of buffed up so I'm, I'm like really feeling that you know evil encouragement so to speak right and uh
0: especially as you see, the guards, like basically half dragging the men down the street to whatever holding location they are heading off to. I'd like you to make another perception check, please.
1: Okay. At this point, maybe I would hear the the darker voice, you know, kind of comment on the events. Like, um, you you were warned. It's more than you deserve. All right. Um,
0: and what check was that? Sorry. Perception.
1: Perception. Okay. Uh, that's a six.
0: Okay. So you go to move down the alley to kind of get back on track to where you're going. Mm-hmm. And as you do in this darkness, although you have dark vision. I do. Um, it still is limited. I mean, it's like kind of a grayish sort of view of the world. And you don't really notice... The shape at your feet mm. until you hit it with your toe. Uh-oh. I'd like you to make a dexterity saving throw. Uh oh. This is bad. 12. All right. So you're able to catch yourself before you like stumble over it or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and standing directly above it, um, the smell kind of hits you. Um, something Ugh. like sick and bowels. Oh no. And looking down and letting your eyes adjust a bit, you can see the shape of a body sprawled on the stone. Oh. A humanoid form with a cloak that lays haphazardly over them, obscuring their features and condition.
1: Okay. Yikes. That's, uh, that's not good. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, let's see. All right. Let's see if I can recover some, uh, some hit points here. So what I'm thinking right now, let me bounce this off you and see what you think. Um, I would like to cast, uh, the cure light wounds or sorry, cure wounds on myself at third level. Um, to sort of, um, you know, close up any kind of rough appearance that I might have. I can pull my cloak over my sliced and bloodied clothing, I would think. Right. Um, so that I can exit the alley and alert the city watch that you know, I'm just an innocent passerby and I found a body in this alley here. Sure. Um. Is what I think I would do. But before that, I'd probably want to maybe um, investigate this body for anything untoward and see what information I can gather about it. So I'm not dependent on the city watch telling me, you know, what they find because I don't think they will.
0: Right. So almost instinctively, you kind of run a hand over your body, like calling upon the divine nature of the spark within you to close up some of your wounds. Uh, you may go ahead and, and handle that healing. All right.
1: So it's going to be 3d8 plus four hit points. That's not a D eight. That is. There we go. Okay. Nice. Got two eights and a one. (laughs) 17.
0: 17. That's not bad.
1: Not at all. And this, again, this character sheet makes it like super easy. You know what I mean? I'm back up to like 80% with that heel.
0: Not sponsored. (laughs) Yeah.
1: This podcast, not brought to you by.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Dandbeyond.com.
1: Oh, but really check it out. This thing's great. Okay. Um, So. I cast that with the spell slots. It also makes it keep, you know keep a track of the spell slots a lot easier. You just click yeah. the cast button, and it automatically boom. So,
0: those of you that cool. are listening, I know you have not heard our at home D and D games because we're still convincing our friends that podcasting is a good idea. Um, but we play have played a lot on Roll Twenty, especially because one of our members for a while was out of state, um, and so we're kind of used to those character sheets for electronic versions of the character sheet for tracking purposes. And it definitely is a little less friendly for tracking spell slots and certain things like that. So I definitely wanted to try out the D&D Beyond character sheet to see how it works in this aspect. And so far it seems to be pretty good.
1: I would say it's fantastic.
0: All right. So you run your hand over you like there is almost a, a slight shimmer um, and a glow as the wounds begin to close. You can still feel the bruises and the like fluid kind of building up under your skin and in the contused areas. Mm-hmm. Um, but what would you like to do? You do see like this figure below you with a cloak kind of draped over it.
1: I'd like to examine the body. Um, I guess maybe with investigation to see if. There's would you like to I remove the cloak?
0: or are you just looking at it while I it's don't
1: covered? I don't want to disturb it too much because I don't want to make myself an accessory to whatever
0: this is. Here. Sure. So So you're just kind mm. of observing it for a moment?
1: Yeah. I'd like to kind of well what you can tell by a gross examination first and go from there.
0: Okay, go ahead and roll your investigation.
1: <laughs> yeah, you see it in this? No, it's a gnat one.
0: Yeah. In the dark. Especially with just your dark vision, which doesn't give you quite the same um, subtle detail that you would normally have. It's hard to tell if the body is even rising and falling with breath or anything like that. Um, Maybe because you're breathing so hard as well after your encounter with the three hooligans. Right. Um, So,
1: I mean, I'm not in horrible shape. No. Still.
0: Right. But, uh, I mean, it was three against one. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of sword play happening.
1: Oh, yeah. No, I took a lot of wounds. I was doing all kinds of casting and stuff like that. I mean, my and constitution then you had to like score 16, kind of scuttle
0: but... into an alley and mm-hmm. try not to laugh too loud at them and stuff like that. <laughs> right. <This is> horrible. <laughs> I'm, I'm not. I just, <laughs> I know.
1: I have bad influences um, sometimes.
0: But yeah, as it is with the body covered, um, with the lack of light and everything else, you're really not getting much information there.
1: Okay. Um, you know, then I'm going to have to summon the watch and, um, and see if I can just sort of insinuate mm-hmm. myself into their, their group. Like, like, you know, after I tell them, follow them back. Cause I'm going to be leading them back to where the body is. Right. I think, I assume. And, if if that's the case then i want to hang around and see what i can uh you know observe under the light of their torches or lanterns or what have you uh, and uh, presumably they might move you know him around or lift him turn him over who know whatever see what i can see okay so first step would be to exit the alley locate the city watch right and and tell them that uh That there's a body down that alley.
0: Okay. So, running out of the alley, how would you like to get their attention? You definitely see them down the street, like, dragging the three men.
1: So, is there one of them that appears to be in charge? Because I feel like if there's one that is in charge, they're not going to be doing the dragging. They're going to be doing the pointing and the directing and so on. Yes,
0: because, especially because of your friend's involvement in the City Watch, you're pretty familiar with... um, they're different uniforms and regalia that signify the different ranks. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And you do see that one of them has, um, the helm that marks him as a a higher level officer amongst the group.
1: Okay. So I would be able to look at his uh, insignia and determine his rank. Right. So I could address him as such.
0: Yeah. But I don't know anything about that stuff.
1: Okay. Um, Like we would just say maybe uh, Sergeant. Does that sound okay? Sounds great. Yeah. All right. Cool. So I'd like to stride up to him confidently because I'm a very confident person. Sure. And having pulled my cloak closed around me.
0: Around your slashed up clothing. Exactly. So I don't look (laughs) like I just. I was going to wonder if you remembered that. (laughs) Yeah.
1: No, you know, the only thing visible is my face really right now.
0: Your Blue ass face, yeah.
1: Okay, <laughs> don't, I mean, don't say ass face <laughs> <laughs> now. Um, and uh, you know, just to get his attention, come into his field of view. You know, right. I don't want to tap him, touch him, or whatever,
0: you right? Know? Like, he is dragging the body currently.
1: Oh, he's he is
0: dragging. So. There are three of them, and each of them have one of them.
1: Okay, um, I'd, I'd like to. Like I said, stride up to him confidently and address him directly. Uh, I beg your pardon, Sergeant. I understand that you're very busy right now. However, there is a matter down this alley that uh, may concern you and uh, may need your attention. You see, I have stumbled across a dead body. Or what appears to be so, I don't know. I did not touch him.
0: Kind of looks at you suspiciously. Um, it's not the first time someone's tried to ask him to go in an alley. <laughs> yeah. To look at something,
1: I feel like I would probably know that, <laughs> you know, like I'm not, you know, like, by all means. <laughs>
0: so, if you'd like to roll an appropriate social skill, I think uh, that would be helpful.
1: Okay, um, I'll go with persuasion because I am trying to get him to come to check this out here. I don't really have any skin in the game, but. But I am making a persuasive attempt to, like, you guys should check this out. Right. So um, that's how I'd like to do that. Okay. That's okay. okay. All right. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Ten. All right. (laughs) Yeah, I rolled a two (laughs) on my persuasion check.
0: He looks at you for a very long time. Like, really trying to size you up, but it's very difficult. Um, and he kind of looks down at this man that he's half dragging, who still seems to be like the he's breathing a little bit more easily now, although he's still unconscious.
2: Mm-hmm. Okay.
0: And he looks to his other two men. He's like, tie this one up, stay here, I will alert. If I need something.
1: Hmm. Yeah. All right.
0: Sounds good. And he unsheathes his sword.
1: Yeah. Can't blame him for that.
0: And he says, citizen, please show me what this is that you're after.
1: Absolutely happy to. Please, sergeant, this way. Right. And I will uh, take, you know, I'll walk off leading him so that he can follow me. Right. You know, um, back into the alley and around the corner. And I don't have any, um, like light cantrips or anything like that. Yeah, because why of would my, you? All of my stuff. I mean, don't get me wrong. I have spells that'll make light happen, but <laughs> not like.
0: So he reaches just light. down as you enter the alley into one of his like very nicely appointed pouches, um, and pulls out um, a rod. Mm. Um, which he kind of like taps twice against the outside of his thigh and the end of it begins to glow brightly. Nice. And um, he starts to ask you where this thing is, but then immediately as the light comes on, he sees what is obviously a humanoid form. Yeah. Um, And he says, "And, and How did you encounter this as he's already moving towards it?
1: When I saw that there was some trouble in the street, I naturally ducked into this alley to get out of the way and avoid any of the trouble. Also to not be in the way of um, the fine constables, such as yourselves Uh, making my way down the alley. I stumbled upon this body.
0: I see. And so he goes over to evaluate and he removes the cloak ah, yes. from the body.
1: I'd like to watch this quite keenly.
0: If and I what may. you see underneath is a familiar form.
1: Ooh! Oh, no.
0: Um, lithe, um, humanoid in construction um, with dark hair, bluish skin, curving goat-like horns. Whoa. And he looks down at it. And then looks up at you and says, can you remove your hood, please?
1: Of of course.
0: And I'll take my hood down. And he's caught staring between what is you and functionally a mirror image of you. Oh, no. Lying dead (laughs) in the alley.
1: Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) So... the, the. The dark, the dark voice in my head would more than likely comment, yes, this should teach you never do a good turn.
0: And the guard says, stay where you are.
1: I will stand still.
0: As he leans down to evaluate the the body and says, it's not breathing. It would take. Quite the powerful magic to to bring this one back. Uh, do you have a brother?
1: I do not. Uh, however, I am aware of uh, an extensive changeling community located here in Lower Tavik's Landing. It seems reasonable that I am me, and this is not. However, it could be a changeling.
0: He nods sagely, but then says, no. They revert if they are. They lose consciousness like this. Mm, if they
1: lose consciousness, okay, perhaps he is just faking. Am I close enough to kind of tap, tap, tap yeah. the body with a toe? <laughs> are you sure. Like not not in a vicious kick or anything, but just a poke, poke. You know?
0: no, and he's already like checked for a pulse and done various uh, other things. Uh, but he's like, <laughs> no, I'm. I'm pretty sure this one's far gone
1: he did smell far gone when I stepped on him. So it's true. You know, you got to make that half hearted attempt.
0: (laughs) Um, and you can see he like starts to make like a move towards investigating, like towards like, you know, patting down the body and says, I think, uh, I think we need a team to handle this properly. Oh, one moment. And he takes a stone out of one of his other pouches and he puts it to his lips. And as you do, as he does, you can see um, kind of a bluish mark on his face begin to glow. Okay. And he says, need backup, lower Tavix investigation.
1: And just real quick, what's the uh, university that I attended and now work at?
0: Moregrave University. So, are you going to stay there? Yes. Okay.
1: I'm not going to flee or attempt <laughs> to leave.
0: So, um, a team comes by um, after some minutes and they begin to kind of set the area. You see guards standing at the end of the alley so people can't come in. Um, And you can see other, in less armor, um, more learned looking types, begin to kind of like parse through the belongings of of the creature. Okay. And you can see as they kind of removed the cloak, um, a few things that you probably would notice. But let's go ahead and make an appropriate roll to see what you note and what you do not.
1: Okay. And uh, just to rewind a little bit when... A moment ago when, you know, um, do I stay or do I go, you know, or, or what have you. You know, there, there would have been that dichotomy in my head with, with one, you know, voice advising you. Uh, advising me flee every moment you linger. You only see your own fate. They're only going to see that you're guilty. And the other voice saying, you're innocent of any crime. Surely you should stay and see to clearing your good name. And so um I have this kind of war but I decide to stay. Okay. But now I'm making a perception check. Is that right? Sure. Just to see what I notice during the uh Yeah.
0: I okay. said you could make a roll. You've chosen perception. 3. <laughs> Just total? Total. <laughs> the face what is functionally your face is very distracting you find yourself kind of like staring at it to the point where it doesn't look real anymore.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, especially as pallid as it is in this current state of unlife. Um, and so it's it's hard to notice um, any of the details of it. But you do see the investigators remove um, like a knife knife a strange kind of like black-looking knife, um, and um, they remove like a bit of paper from one of like underneath the cloak and things like that. Um, and you can see some areas are stained with blood, but not a lot of blood. Um, and you know they're kind of putting everything away
1: hmm. into little evidence bags,
0: the equivalent of this. right,
1: <laughs> okay.
0: Um, and they have like a little bag of holding, basically, that they're putting everything <laughs> into. With their
1: little label on it and whatnot. Nah, that's so cool.
0: <laughs> and um, and so as they're like kind of putting all of the evidence into the bag of holding, um, the uh, sergeant looks up at you once more. And he says, where can we find you?
1: I am a, um, I'm a researcher at Moorgrave University. Also a member of the alumni. You can find me in my
0: quarters there. I see. Um, Do you understand that we will be in touch with you?
1: Of course. I assure you I'm innocent of any crime, and I wish to fully cooperate with your investigation. Especially as closely involved with this crime as I seem to be for reasons unknown to me entirely.
0: Um, obviously you will be questioned, but our investigators need some time to put some information together to understand what they need to ask. And if you're found to leave the city, you will be hunted.
1: On my oath, I shall not leave the city until given your leave to do so. I lie.
0: (laughs) Really? Yeah. Roll deception. Let's do
1: it. (laughs) Come on, baby. (laughs) Never have I needed a, a good roll more. Alright, 14. Not bad.
0: Alright, so he kind of gives you a
1: look. As long as it's not a blatant lie, I mean...
0: (laughs) And he says, James, escort this one back to his domicile.
1: I will make no objection.
0: Okay, so... You are currently in lower... Avix, Let's see. You are going to Morgrave University, which is in Memphis. So it'll take some time to get there. Probably about 45 minutes to an hour, depending on how busy things start to get, because this is taking quite a bit of time. So the morning bustle is starting to be Hmm. in full effect.
1: As long as we can beat the hustle, we should be okay.
0: Truly. So you begin to move through this lower quarter into more populated areas. Um, You take a lift up into the middle section of the quarter. You go across a few bridges. You note that the guard at no point makes any attempt to call a sky coach or anything like that. He's going to have you walk the whole way.
2: Okay. Okay.
0: And so, you know, you take lifts, you take bridges, and eventually you make your way into um, the, not the dormitories proper, but like kind of the rooms and offices of uh, the, like, tenured researchers. Mm-hmm. Um, and he kind of escorts you to your room and to your little cottage sort of room that you have.
1: That's my, my modest quarters.
0: Right. Um, and you note that as he like watches you go in, he doesn't leave right away. Okay. All right. So, um, what are your thoughts? What are you thinking? What do you, what do you think you're going to do at this point?
1: So number one, um, it was my intention to walk back anyway. So it's not like this guy was, you know, Taking me back to where I go. like I was walking back to where I was going to go anyway. So he's like, James, escort this guy back. I'd be like, cool. And I would just start walking. And it's up to this dude to follow me. Right. Uh, two, I would spend the walk thoroughly ignoring, um, you know, patrolman James. Because I don't have anything to say to him. And if he has anything to say to me, I still don't have anything to say to him. Because you don't talk to the police. (laughs) And so, uh, I don't have anything to say to uh, Patrolman James. Um, Upon our arrival, uh, I would go into my um, quarters and close the door, you know, in his face. And um, after thanking him, though, for his attentive escort. And then I would begin to gather my thoughts at that point. Right. So... Um there's there's a dead body in an alley in lower Tavics that happens to look exactly like
0: me. Yes.
1: And they removed what I noticed, a uh a blackish knife. Yes. And a piece of paper. Yes. And that's all I remember. Yes. So um I'm, I think that, you know, uh, working and living and studying at the university for so long, the, I would have to know who I could talk to about this, a professor or a whatever, um, that can possibly give me some more information about what I'm dealing with here.
0: Okay. So, as you think about this, obviously walking in from another late night out in the city – Um, you notice your steward Mm. rise and begin to make some tea. Mm -hmm. He doesn't address you at all. Right. Just kind of lets you do your thing.
1: It's a familiar rhythm. Yeah. By now.
0: Um, you know, he doesn't seem to think anything strange is going on. You know, this is just another, oh, out late gambling (laughs) or whatever night. Mm -hmm. Um, and you kind of think through the inventory of people in your head that you're close to and there are certainly a few professors and librarians that you're familiar with um mm-hmm. and that you could ask uh, about certain subjects specifically um but really in this town you've only gotten close to a, a couple of people right um you have your two kind of best friends that have been your friends since you were children yeah so you have logra Ooh, logra Logra is an orc that you befriended early on who is now captain of the Sharn City Watch. Of uh,
1: connected friends.
0: Yeah. And then you have Deek. Deek is a flighty, no pun intended, <laughs> um who currently is the owner of a potions shop in the city.
1: Hmm. Gotcha. Oh, yes. Fulmin and Deeks, fulminations. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but, yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Uh, those are kind of your the, the people you know obviously you've been out and about and you could probably find folks to talk to you about certain things, but as far as contacts with names, that's what you have so far.
1: Okay. Well, um, I mean, I should, I I think I'd like to talk to Deke. This seems like more up his alley. Um, and I'll kind of keep, uh, you know, my ace Logra, uh, up my sleeve for now.
0: All right. Um, are you doing anything? Are you resting? Are you heading out immediately? What is your plan?
1: Uh, I think I'd like to head out immediately. Normally I'd rest and gather whatever, but at times of factor, they're going to come and question me about this and I want to get in front of it.
0: All right. So you rise to... Head back to the door. Your steward looks over at you and kind of hisses to himself disappointedly as he turns off the tea. (laughs) (laughs) Walks back to his room. Still hasn't said anything to you at this point.
1: Fair enough. I mean, I feel like we may have had enough rows at this point about, you know, (laughs) what's and all that, that we don't need to rehash that again.
0: Um, and you open the door and in the distance, you can see James, the patrolman Mm -hmm. kind of walking about. He's still in the area. Um, what would you like to do? It's
1: a free country. I'm going to continue to ignore patrolman James. Mm hmm. I mean, I'd like to notice if he follows me, and if he does, that's fine, but I'm not going to acknowledge him in any way.
0: Patrolman James is apparently not very good at his job.
1: Hmm. That's why he's still just a patrolman after six years with the city watch.
0: And he, as he's kind of looking around the grounds, um, doesn't seem to notice you reemerge from your home so quickly. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, And so you are able to kind of walk away without drawing attention, at least for the moment.
1: Okay. So I'll hear that dark voice sort of (laughs) uh, in approval.
0: So you head out of your district, um, staying on the same level because you're going middle to middle at this point and you're heading to middle Memphis and you are Kind of traversing the area on your way to a district within Memphis known as Everbright. And Everbright is an area that you would know is kind of a shopping hub, but it's known compared to some of the other like markets and bazaars and things like that to have um, more a better selection of um, magical items. And so this is where you would find things that are enchanted or potions and the like. And this is where your friend Deke has his shop. It's
1: probably where I purchased my crystal rod and so on.
0: Many of your components do come from your friend who often gives you kind of the more minor ones for free or at a great discount.
1: Nice. Deke is a solid friend.
0: All right. Um, As you roll through, however, I want to see if anything... Of note occurs. Okay. So I would like you to roll 2d20 Ah. and total the results.
1: 2d20 and total the results. Let's see if this is beyond my meager maths. All right. 12. It was an eight and a four. In case anyone's curious.
0: Probably because you're a little bit sensitive to anything involving city guard right now. Mm Mm-hmm. You do see up ahead, at quite a distance, it's just a little loud, there are two people arguing in front of a guard. And you kind of catch um, little snippets of it. Um, They seem to be trying to get the guard's attention, saying that they think someone is a changeling and that they're doing something in middle districts that they should not be doing.
1: Hmm. Okay, that's interesting. That's relevant to my interests, just because middle districts are right in between upper and lower districts. So, yeah. I'll, I'll make note of that. Mentally. Okay.
0: Um, And you kind of just hurry past that. You don't attract any attention, especially with your hood up at this point. And you make your way to your friend Deke's shop. And... You'll- you know from experience mm-hmm. that even though this is a, a middle quarter, Deke purposely keeps his shop really creepy and spooky looking because he thinks it adds to the mystique of buying things there.
1: I would tend to agree. I, I love the old familiar sign of Fulman and Deke's Fulman nations, etc.
0: You also know that there is no Fulman.
1: Yeah, exactly. But
0: Deke thinks that a, a sign showing a partnership makes the business look more stable. So opening the door, there is like a fly stuck in one of the lamps. Um, There's a large spider kind of like scuttling down to get it. There's kind of a creaking of the floorboards as you walk in. There's a roaring fire in the fireplace. And it's almost as when you open the door, all of that just starts up
1: oh wow okay so <laughs> it's completely silent outside right and then, man, man, yeah okay <laughs> super cool
0: um and you wait for a moment it's still early and then after after a beat or two um deke kind of like hobbles down the stairs from his upstairs abode mm-hmm. um and you can tell he's hastily pulled on what looks like a very mystical robe. Ah yes. And he's starting to go into a spiel. Okay. And his <laughs> large golden eyes blinking in the firelight. As he says, Oh, welcome indeed to Pullman antiques. Where do you go? oh, it's you. <laughs>
1: Dick, my friend, it's so good to see you. I feel like I come home every time I come to your splendid storefront.
0: Your idea of home is quite atrocious, if this is what it is for you.
1: Ah, but home is not a place. Home is a people.
0: Ah, You're such a good friend. What can I do?
1: Well, well, my friend, I have to say that I had quite a shocking night last night. Would that you were with me. We might have made sense of it, but let me tell you what I ran into or perhaps stepped into last night.
0: It wasn't hippogriff droppings, was it?
1: (laughs) Would that it was. And I'd like to give him a a rundown of um, last night's events.
0: His already enormous eyes seem to get wider um, as you tell the tale. And he says, something wearing your face. Well, and dead, for sure?
1: Beyond doubt, Sergeant What's-His-Face was quite certain that this creature was no longer among the living. Yet, the resemblance to me was quite shocking when he pulled back the cloak.
0: No offense to Logra, but I'd hardly trust a guard to tell if something was alive or dead.
1: (laughs) Uh, Indeed, my friend, indeed. However they are surely spoiling to question me even as we speak. They may even be wanting me at my quarters, even now. Uh, so I wanted to gather more information to get ahead of things so that I would know more than they do.
0: Well, there are certainly a, a few avenues we could pursue. Uh, something that can look like you? Certainly, certainly. Uh, a black knife, you said?
1: Yes, yeah, a black knife, a scrap of paper, and uh, this is all I recall seeing.
0: I see. Well, there's certainly work to be done. And he reaches beneath the desk and pulls out one of many dusty tomes, which he can't quite blow off because of his beak. So he makes <laughs> a soft hooting noise at it, um, and then ends up brushing it aside with a feathered arm and opens it up. He's like, Let's do some research. Uh,
1: enjoy.
0: <laughs> and I think that's where memories. we'll <laughs> go ahead and stop for for now.
1: Sounds great. Oh man, what uh, I'm already hooked. This is fantastic.
0: <laughs> All right, and that's where we'll leave off our session for this week. So we'll pick up next time with Naraya and Deek's research and see what they uncover. Just a reminder. If you are not already a patron, our patrons on patreoncom barbarian things already have access to a special episode where we do Naraya's entire character creation and background. So if you'd like to figure out more about this character as we get into this adventure, definitely join us there and get that podcast. We'd also like to give a thank you to Sirenscape for being our atmosphere this week. You can check them out on www.sirenscape.com and see how easy their stuff is to use. And as always, for following us outside of the podcast realm, please check the description and that will have links to all of our social media and YouTube offerings. Thanks again.